the Very Serious Crafts podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered patron-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. Today we'll be talking about vacation crafting and Mr. Rogers, and it's just Molly and me. Yes. Haley's out of town. (laughs) Yes, we've been doing a little bit of this, uh, you know, trading off lately, and uh, it... It shifts the dynamics a little bit, but it's kind of fun, you know. We get to have mm-hmm. uh, a different a different feeling to things while we're while we're recording this way, so should be good. And and this is the first time that it's just you and me, exactly. and we've been doing this podcast for like almost two years. Yes, <laughs> like eighteen months, but yeah, yeah, isn't exactly. that funny? <laughs> so we'll see how. The- <laughs> I think this will be fine. I think this will be good. We'll find out, and you yeah. can tell us, uh, dear listeners, if this was the worst idea ever. No, it's not. It's gonna. Be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll do good. We'll do good. Uh, anyway, okay. So, so speaking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Haley's out of town. I was out of town last time, um, and I was vacationing with my family, and we had a great time. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later, but part of my trip was visiting family in Florida, and I got to bring home my um, my grandma who lived in Florida passed away earlier this year, and they the family knew that I would probably have a strong connection to some of the um, handmade items that she had, and it was funny because. Um, I didn't really realize how many things that she had made until, um, I don't know, uh, probably in the last 10 years, I would say, when I um, started to realize, you know, see these things in in her home. And so Mm -hmm. I brought home a couple of old um, cruel pieces that she made. And um, one of them I knew about because it was on the wall and I had asked for it specifically. It's like a 70s... Um, it's a duck. I'm not a big duck fan, but it was, it's a duck and it has like flowers and stuff around it. And it was on brown, um, fabric. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going to hang this, but it was important for me to have it because sometimes that's how we connect with these things. Right. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just giggling to myself thinking Molly Johansson, not a duck fan. Noted. Exactly. (laughs) I have a history. I had a bad experience. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, along, uh, I, along with that, um, in with some of her supplies that I got to go through and, and choose from, there were actually extra items like from the kit that it was. So I have like cool. the extra threads and things, um, from that and a couple other kits. And then there was also an unexpected, oh my goodness, the truck outside my house is especially loud. You guys, uh, <laughs> It paints it paints a pastoral picture of your suburban life. Yes. <laughs> it's just getting it's I so thought relaxing. That, I thought it was like leaving as we started recording this. No, I think it's getting closer. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> um, It's just attracted by our dulcet tones. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh the other piece though that I had never seen before was all folded up and it was a definitely a 1970s cruel piece of some potted plants on like a hanging cool. shelf unit kind of a thing and so yeah. that was that was a fun surprise to yeah to bring home so that era that yes. era of crafts man is yeah well you know it's like those kits that so that good. Haley bought um the vintage yeah, kits that she that's bought. what I was just thinking yeah it's it's that kind of um that kind of piece so I'm gonna have to well, get it all nice and framed gardening and like house plants that are like hangy as well as like macrame and like latch hook and all these other like uh I guess fiber crafts but like shaggy sort of yes. textural 70s crafts I think are very much like in like just about to start pulsing through trend wise like really intensely in 2020 I really think that the 70s are going to be like the craft era that's yeah. big in 2020 I, I that's will my, say that's my prediction. My, 
my dear mother, I love her so much. Every time that I will show her like this new thing that this has been going on now, I probably my entire professional crafting life where I'll show her something and she's like, oh, we used to do that in the 70s. Everything. Yep. I'm like, oh yeah, my mom loves that too. What? I think maybe it's a like a generational thing where they're I like, oh, that's from when I was in high school. That's what my mom says. <laughs> and, and I'll be like, okay, um, I'm pretty sure that this was popular in the 80s. <laughs> like, as if that makes a difference. <laughs> But, but yes. I feel like now I, I'm also my mother's daughter and I get it now because the 90s yeah. are so big and I'm like, am yep. I 800 years old? <laughs> yeah, no. The the things like where fashion things come up and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, um, I had a conversation with my sister and someone else and it was basically how like the new um, Visco girl is not a whole <laughs> lot different than what we were wearing in the uh, in the 90s. Like. We've got the big mm-hmm. oversized T-shirts. We've got scrunchies. We've got Birkenstocks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, yeah, I know. I was I was about to jump in with a fond description of my childhood Birkenstock style sandals from Payless <laughs> that I loved, but that's not crafts, so I'll leave it. But <laughs> <laughs> what I've been up to uh, lately is. Uh, well, I mean, this podcast comes out in a couple weeks, and it's almost Christmas, which is I wild. Know. We're recording the day before Thanksgiving, and I can't even believe 2019 is, like, almost gone. I'm My mind is blown. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that's blowing my mind is that my little niece, who I've talked about on the podcast, um, she's about 18 months old. And um, this Christmas will be our first Christmas with her, which is really exciting because we alternate sides of the family since we have multiple states to worry yes. about and flights are expensive and winter's real so we don't want to throw the dice on two plane tickets <laughs> in December you know so my niece like I said she's about 18 months now and this will be our first Christmas with her and last year because she was she was a micro preemie she was like a full trimester early she was tiny she was in the NICU for a long time and so by Christmas she was still really tiny even though she was like six or seven months old um yeah. And so my sister-in-law was like, it's fine that we're not going to do a thing for her first Christmas because she'll just be asleep, which I think is fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But now she's walking and starting to like sort of talk a little bit. And so I think seeing like her first like lucid Christmas, I guess I could call it. I'm... I'm really excited, though, because, like, it's just been a bunch of grown-ups and she's the first grandkid, so we can, like, do silly stuff and have a good excuse to do it. Yeah. Um, and the question I have, first and foremost, though, is at what age can I start doing crafts with her every time I'm visiting? Like, I think 18 no. months is fine, right? I, I would tend to say, at this age, things that are more, like, art experiences or sensory experiences are, mm-hmm. are like, going to be key like I would have no problem giving her paint at this point mm-hmm. um yeah you might want to go I mean I'll with, have to ask her like, mom yeah <laughs> yeah I mean obviously but like edible paint is gonna be safer but like yeah. things where you could like let her play with like let her hold yarn and stuff and start to like experience because that's like such a I mean we know that that's a wonderful sensation mm-hmm. so I would introduce her to some of those supplies and then by next year <laughs> By next year, she'll <laughs> be like making ornaments. Well, but even like think think play doh, like clay making clay, yeah. um, like pressing hands or or fingers into into clay and stuff. She's ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they live in the south. They live in Arkansas, so it's not that cold down there at Christmas. So if her mom's objection to like using paint is the mess, I can just take her in the yard and like pull out the kiddie pool and just make yep. the mess in there and hose it off, right? I'm just remembering, like, my librarian days and being like, oh, yeah, we'll just put the early literacy craft outside and then <laughs> they can do whatever they want and we'll yes. hose it off. <laughs> um, so, so I'm excited. I, I follow this person. I think I think her name is – her screen name is Dorky Ramos. Mm-hmm. I don't – I might have that really wrong. Um, but she has, like, taught classes in Brooklyn where – it's, like, a studio where you bring in babies to do, like, paint experiences and stuff and oh, um, cool. craft things that way. And it's really cool. Um, so, yeah. I This is oh, – I'm going to – 
I'm going to quote some scripture here. Um, Train up a child in the way they should go. And so that's Mm -hmm. what you need to be doing from early on here is get get that girl crafting. (laughs) Well, and... Like her mom isn't, I love her. I love my sister-in-law to death. Neither of us have sisters and we're the same age and we we get along really, really well, um, which I know is not always the case and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Shout out to Catherine. <laughs> um, but like, she's not, she's not a crafty person and she's, she's very open about that. And her mother wasn't particularly into homemaking type things either. Yeah. And so I'm very fine with being the auntie who makes Christmas stockings and being the auntie who... It's like, we're going to do crafts. I'm going to give you a craft kit for your birthday. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Since it's just just us, I'll bring up this one random, like, synapse fire that I just thought of. When I was a kid, my mom would give, um, it was like an affordable gift idea that she could make. um, And it was, she called them imagination stations. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a plastic craft organizer that she would buy with her, like, 60% Joanne's coupon or whatever. Yep. And then she had a bunch of, like, craft supplies she'd bought, like, a gross of, so she could divide them into these containers, and then kids could get, like, you know, non-toxic glue, pom-poms, beads, blah, blah, blah. And then also, if I was giving it to a friend, I could tailor what craft was in it to what they, what I knew they were into. And it was really cool. And it came with, you would get this, basically, craft toolkit with a printed out sheet of paper that was like a poem that played on the phrase imagination station like imagination station quite a sensation what will you do something something creation that's what I remember anyway I just remember thinking that that was such as a kid I thought it was kind of lame but as an adult I'm like no I'm gonna give this to kids all the time yeah Yeah. and that like that the open-endedness of that is so good um Mm -hmm. yeah and not, and not every kid grows up with, like, a little craft zone in their house. Absolutely. Um, we used and, to yeah. we used to babysit a little boy who, um, I tell you what, if you gave him a hole punch or a roll of tape, he just was mm-hmm. in heaven because he clearly <laughs> didn't, he didn't get to play with those things at home. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. have fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now that we live in a world with washi tape, I remember, like, because I would get washi tape for Hands Occupied for free or whatever, and I would have so much that was really not my style, and I'd bring it to the library and just put it in, like, a bin and tell the, like, younger kids, you can put tape on the wall if you stick to this panel, because I didn't want to have to, like, find tape everywhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And they thought that was so cool, because they could, like, write their name, they could actually, like, kind of draw on the wall, and it was the library, so they thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, <laughs> kid, I, I'm just so excited to, like, see crafting through a little kid's eyes up close again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be cute. Yeah. Or she'll hate crafts, and I'll be like, well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, I mean, that's a possibility. That's all you could do. <laughs> So anyway, speaking of Um, traveling, we both have been traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, um, we took, my family's favorite place to vacation is Disney World. So we did, we did Disney World and, and you were in Las Vegas, which I I think I didn't even really (laughs) like know until all of a sudden you were in Las Vegas. (laughs) Yeah. I will say (laughs) bad on me as a friend for like forgetting to tell everyone that I was going on vacation. (laughs) But in my defense, we were moved. It was like booked because we went. We I, I tagged along to my to a conference for with my husband. Yeah, and um, so it was booked like ages ago, like almost a year, I think. And then oh, we wow. ended up moving, and I was just like, "Well, this is already booked, so I'm just not going to think about it until I have to pack a bag." And that is absolutely what happened. <laughs> uh, you know what? That can be. Uh, that can yeah. be nice. That can be nice. <laughs> Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so that's why that's why Vegas was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like I mentioned two episodes ago that I was getting ready to go mm-hmm. and what I was planning on packing for my for my trip and um, I I sort of mixed up a little bit what I what I brought but did not get done nearly as much as I thought that I would get done. Um, so you didn't yeah. finish five entire projects like I said you should bring? 
I I listened to that episode and I was like very confident in telling you to bring five projects and I think that was a little much probably. Yeah, I mean it might have been a little bit much. Um, <laughs> I did I did make a like a nice little bit of progress on a shawl, but it has some lace in it, and so there was more than one time when I had to um, go back and and fix things with that. But um, and then I I swatched. Uh, a new project that I brought with. And so I like, at least I feel like I can move ahead on that. Um, my, this was the biggest, the biggest fail of my projects that I brought with. I, I packed some English paper piecing with, and I was in the car on the way down, cutting pieces out. And all of a sudden realized that my templates had not printed to scale and I couldn't do anything oh, with it. No. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh and it just deflated. There was other work that I could do on the project. <coughs> but it just it deflated it so oh, much no. that I was like, wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A real so Eeyore moment speaking of Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A real Eeyore moment. <laughs> Um, oh, that's the worst. I know. I was like, why didn't I check this? Because I, I've, it's been a really long time since I had a problem where it did not print at a hundred percent, and so I never <laughs> even thought about it before that. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Oh, what a time to learn that lesson. But of course, yes. that's how that worked. Because of course, of course. I mean, but then oh, I still had funny. plenty of other things that I could work on, so it was okay. <laughs> that's why you pack a yeah. lot of things with. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I can uh, jump in real quick and talk about my sudden, and for listeners of this podcast, probably unsurprising shift in what I was going to bring to work on on my vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you listened to the last episode, you heard me uh, in real time find out that my knitting project might be poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> and for context, Haley and I recorded that episode right before I left for my trip. Um, and so for some reason, I just was not feeling super excited about working on that poison sweater anymore. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. <laughs> And so, luckily, I was like, you know what? I've been kind of wanting to try a Soldatna sweater. Um, that It's a sweater that if you are a knitter on Instagram or Ravelry, you've definitely seen it. Um, and I had heard that it was a really quick knit, and it was DK weight, so the gauge wasn't crazy small or anything. And I said, you know what? I think I want to see if I can swatch, block that swatch, and, like, figure out an entire sweater project to bring on vacation. Because um, I'm about to start a big project and wanted to do something for me. Just one last squeezed-in project before <laughs> I go into a work cave for three months. Yes. <laughs> and um, so the Soldatna was the winner. And I ended up whipping that thing out from swatch to finished blocked sweater in ten days. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was crazy. <laughs> Jeez. I had a lot of time down during the day while my husband was at sessions, and I am not the most social person, so I found a lot of interesting corners to people watch and knit my weird sweater. So I'm sure everybody thought I was a total freak, but I knocked out a sweater in 10 days, and it's a Christmassy themed sweater, so I'm happy. I, I'm just, I, I just, I, I picture like, like smoke coming off of the knitting needles because you're like working so fast. <laughs> No, it was, it's a, it's like a notoriously quick knit. That's another reason I picked it. Cause I had a friend who said they knocked it out in a weekend and I was like, what? I think that's called like, that's the only thing you do that weekend. Um, <laughs> I, but I was still pretty chuffed with myself for a 10 day sweater. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah. I think, and. I tend to be a slow knitter just in general. There's a lot of other things that I can work out, work up quickly, but knitting is not one of those things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of these days I will finally yeah, fun. get to doing continental knitting and then I know it'll, it'll help, but um, I just haven't quite gotten there. It takes, 
It's just that it's just the matter of like as a craft designer, when you're used to working at one speed and then you're like, I know changing my technique will help me. Like maybe my back will stop hurting or my technique will improve or I'll work faster. Yeah. Yeah. And with continental knitting, especially because I went from, I wasn't really a thrower. I had kind of yeah. developed a weird little technique because I learned as a child. Yeah. And I would drop the yarn between every stitch and I was really slow. And I was like, you know what? I think if I switch to continental and if I'm also very conscious of my hand position, it'll probably help me with tendonitis and stuff. Yeah. And I, a few, like maybe four or five years ago, I decided to just do a garter stitch project and have it be only continental. And it took forever and my tension sucked, but I really don't regret taking that time looking back. That's, that's the thing. The thing for me is that I've just not had the, I haven't had the ability to work in the project that would be that like, um, yeah, because I know I've had too many things where it's like, this has to be right. And I know that it won't be right if I try to do continental. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent am picking up what you're putting down. I know exactly how you feel. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so back to vacation crafting. So when you were in, yeah. So when you were in Disney, you were sending us me and Haley in the group text some pictures of some cool craft stuff that you saw at Disney. Yeah. It looked cute as heck. Yeah. Um, I, and I shared a few little things on Instagram as well. And I will, um, I'll share some photos, um, that I took of things because that's what you do when you are a crafter at Disney. And I even like some, like one thing I put up and I was like, Hey, Disney fans who craft, do you recognize this location? And, um, one person got it in two guesses. So that was pretty good. Um, nice. Yeah. So (laughs) I, you know, there's certain things that you just become more aware of, or, you know, around you when you are interested in them. So I was waiting in line at the Frozen Ride, and they have this area where it looks like you're out, like, in a little, um, like, town square. And so there's little stores ar- mm-hmm. around the outside of the room. And one of them is, like, a dressmaking shop. And so they had these rolls of fabric or bolt like wooden cute. bolts of fabric leaning up against um mm-hmm. the the shop and so that was really cute there's um yeah. an area at um the magic kingdom where it's made i get it's the it's like the bibbity bobbity boutique it's one of their their oh, locations cute. where you can go and get all dressed up and stuff and so it's mm-hmm. yeah the windows are like the mice from cinderella's um like the dress that they transform cute. for her and so it has the mice uh, in there, but it also has, like, craft supplies and things um, and a, a dress form. And I could not take a photo of it because the glare on the glass was so bad. You just couldn't you couldn't see it. But um, dang it. That was fun. Um, the One of the things that I shared was in Morocco. They have, like, in this marketplace area at Epcot, there's, like, um, hanks of yarn hanging from the ceiling. And... Um, Someone told me that they thought they might have actually known where that yarn was purchased from, like what yarn company that came from because of insider information, which was kind of cool. We're not sure if that is accurate <laughs> or not, but like that was kind of like mm. when you when someone has a specific <laughs> yarn hanging in Disney World, you know that they're a yarn geek. You know who you are if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> My, That's really um, funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite one that I found was um, in, uh, it was in the new Star Wars area that they have. And there's a, a store there that sells like clothing items that are made to look like the the real Star Wars gear. Um, and they had, instead of like bolts of fabric, because it's Star Wars, they had these really cool like rolls of fabric that had like oh, awesome. um, like end pieces on it, and then they had um, like rick rack and thread on the wall, and <gasps> it was it space was really rick cool. rack. It was I mean it was space like, rick rack. It, yeah, it was like like trims and and different things like that. It was oh, yeah, I love trims. Yeah, I could look at trim all day. Yeah. And I rarely ever do anything with it. And I just I love ribbon so much. Yes. So um, <laughs> when you go to <laughs> when you go to um, New York City, you have to visit a place called I think it's called MJ's Trims and Ribbons or something to that. It's MJ's. And um, 
it, that's all it is, is ribbon and trim. And you just walk in and are like, ah. but again, I don't, I, yeah. I don't use it very often. So I have to be really yeah. careful when I go to that store. But yeah, so the um, craft while we're on are- while we're on us while we're talking about how much ribbon rules, real quick. <laughs> um, R U L E S. I say the word rules weird. I think it has to do with my Fargo accent. Rules, <laughs> rules. I can't say it. Sorry. Ribbon is great. <laughs> but so hearing about that that trim store made me think of. I don't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but on in the Pilsen neighborhood on like the middle south side of Chicago, so like 18th and Western-ish, uh-huh. um, for those who know the city. I don't know why I said the intersection on a podcast. <laughs> no one cares except people who live here. Sorry. Um, anyway, they have, um, it's called uh, the Fabric Discount Outlet. And they have, like, dead stock bolts of fabric from Joann's from, like, what looks like the 70s and 80s and, like, other big box stores. And it's, like, a giant old warehouse that's just multiple floors. Like, if it burnt, like, if it caught fire, it would go in a second because that thing is just old and full of flammable objects. Yes. But the Pilsen neighborhood is one of Chicago's many, um, it's changing, like, many of Chicago's neighborhoods, but... Historically, it's been a Latino neighborhood, and so there's this huge section of quinceanera, quince dresses is what my library kids would call them. Um, They have a whole section of um, notions and fabrics specifically designed for quinceanera dresses, and it is so cool. They have, like, an entire, like, wall of, like, sequins and sparkly notions and beads, so it's on the south side, but if you're ever in Chicago and are really into sewing... It's like a sight to behold. And you can also buy a couch's worth of foam for like $3. So pro tip, don't buy foam from a big box store if you can make it to a discount outlet. Anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so um, other things that I saw that that have me like that had me all craftily inspired. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. Um, I think it's fine. Okay, uh, so <laughs> they had a knit Mickey hat, and I did share this on Instagram. Uh-huh. And they did the design. It kind of looks like cross stitch, but it's like color work in the hat. But the way that they spaced the stitches was like every other stitch. It was like on a you know mm-hmm. like on the grid, but it, you had a gap between the colors. And um, I'll put the picture in the show notes so you can see it. But it just I saw that in that, and I thought okay, that's a really unique way to put together a piece of art. And how could I use that technique in stuff that I'm designing? Love that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. These gorgeous um, painted murals um, in Epcot at the um, the Land Pavilion. And I've seen them every time that I've gone to Disney World. I always love them. Um, but the, the brush strokes in them, even like I looked at that and I was like, ooh, I bet I could bring that into embroidery as like fill stitches and just do mm-hmm. some different things color wise there. So that was really cool. And then um, the other one that I thought was really fun was in the new ish Pandora area. So Pandora is like from the movie Avatar. And mm-hmm. it's all very like natural and organic looking. And they had these, like, sculptures and things that were very macrame-like. It was so cool. cool. Right down to, um, like, some of them were, like, these goddesses, I think, that that were made with, like, these wrapped, knotted, um, rope-like materials. Because everything is supposed to be, like, from this other um world basically um and some of them were Mm -hmm. like garland kind of like knotted garland pieces that had beads like large beads worked into them kind of like did you ever have those like bracelets or necklaces where you'd like thread the beads on with like a yeah and you had like the little loom yeah yeah um it reminded me so much of that but like on a big scale and it was Mm -hmm. cool and i was like hmm that could be that could be a really cool thing to to find a way to make even like Christmas garland that is yeah knotted in that way and add little like add larger beads as like baubles into it. So that was cool. Yeah. And macrame is going to be a big trend. It well, is being a seventies craft. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just did macrame today on my blog. I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, so what were your Oh, I love that, though. I love that because, like, 
Well, I was going to say, like, it's funny comparing, like, a very, a, a hyper-designed world like Disney. Yes. And a hyper-designed world like Vegas. Yeah. Because they're both this, like, funny destination place that, like, is designed to make you feel like you're outside of real life. Exactly. You know? It's absolute escapism. Yeah. And it's all-encompassing. Yes. And, like... I mean, part of what's all-encompassing about Vegas is that they still let people smoke cigarettes inside. And I was like, oh, wow. I, all my clothes are dirty. <laughs> I'm not used to this one. <laughs> um, it wasn't so bad because I it wasn't so bad because we were there in the off-season, but smoking's gross. Um, <laughs> so bad for you. Th- Why? That's not as much of... <laughs> I don't know. And so I'm sure you didn't have to deal with that in Disney. Correct. Um, <laughs> They've put, they've, they don't and even let you smoke even in designated areas inside the park. You have to, like, have your cigarette outside the gates you. before you get in. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You got to set a good, a good example for the children. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also funny because there's, like, in Las Vegas, there's characters walking around in, like, you know, showgirl outfits or whatever impersonator outfits. And then in Disney, they're dressed as Disney characters. Exactly. It's just kind of funny, the, like... <laughs> Parallel but very differently rated vacations we just had. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, so this whole this whole ramble is just that I keep thinking about how funny it is to be in like a hyper engineered world. And so there's people who are like interior designers, but they're specifically hired to make this like hyper like all the volume turned up world. Yeah. And it's so funny when crafts get involved. And that's the extent of my point. Sorry. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> no, no, no. I I I love it. And in fact, you would really love the new Imagineering show that's on Disney Plus. Because Oh really? We we have Disney Plus. I just found out we got it. Awesome. Yes. I well, if you listeners, if you have um if you've gotten Disney Plus, you should watch the Imagineering show because they talk about like um, you know, most of it is big concept stuff, but they talk about, you know, the kinds of people that you bring in to um, make the clothing that goes on the small world figures and stuff like that. It's it's interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's fun. I bet I, I bet I'm going to have to watch that because yeah. um, that sounds like incredibly a thing I would like. <laughs> yeah, I find it very interesting. And it is. It's like where you see like how they are really designing a whole a whole world and what goes into that and um i think that anytime that you're talking about creative things like that you can apply it to the creative work that you do like even if it's a completely different medium so yeah totally highly recommend. well and um the one last thing i wanted to mention about my trip to vegas that has to do with crafts <laughs> is um just because this was a thing i didn't really know before going to las vegas um Turns out that the vintage and antique shopping scene in that town are incredible. Like, apparently it's known for having really amazing antiques. Huh. Um, I, and I like, guess that makes sense. Th- I think it's... Well, and, cl- and clothes-wise, think about it. A bunch of showgirls, like, yeah. wardrobes from back in the day. Like, yeah. there was some really cool, glamorous stuff at a lot of the vintage shops. I only found one vintage um, showgirl, like, feather sequin headdress. Yeah. But it had a matching bikini. It just wasn't a practical purchase. <laughs> I mean... I mean <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but showgirls aside, the vintage shopping is... I, I just... I love vintage shopping. Um, yeah. It suits... A lot of vintage poses Haley and I have talked about before just, it, like, suits my body type. Um, and it's so, one of my favorite things about vintage shopping, and this was the first time I went vintage shopping for like four hours and one Ooh. chunk, cause I had the day to myself and I really wanted to just see if it was yeah cool and it really was. Yeah. And the best part is if you have a ton of time to actually try everything on, even stuff that doesn't fit that you might think is worth altering cause you love it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best thing is seeing all of the handmade vintage because so many more people were making their own clothes. Yeah. And my – this is pure speculation, but my thought process was, you know, if you – a lot more people could sew their own clothes. And if you make something yourself, and this is part of why I make my own clothes, you're less likely to be wasteful with, with it. You're less likely to get rid of it. Right. And you're more likely to mend it. Right. And I think that might be part of why so much handmade survives to the vintage shops and to thrift stores because when people – have an estate sale or do a donation of their 
like grandmother's clothes or whatever, the clothes that are still in that wardrobe, even if they haven't worn them in a long time, are more likely to be a handmade. Again, that makes I'm just making things up, but it makes sense to me. It does. It does make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. Um, and the yeah. best, the best find that I wore just yesterday, um, that was definitely handmade, was this red circle skirt. It's it's called a patio skirt from the 50s, and so okay. it's a full circle skirt that reaches um, about to mid calf. Okay. Um, I, I believe they're designed to be like most people wore them with like espadrilles um, yeah. while they were barbecuing in the yard. You know. Yeah. But I found it's this beautiful red skirt, definitely handmade because none of the seams are finished and there's no tags. Okay. <laughs> um, and the zipper looks hand installed. <laughs> but okay. I got, I almost didn't get it because I was like, it's too much. It's got so much fabric. I don't know if I'm going to wear this. But it had no less than seven or eight kinds of rickrack as a trim. Oh. And there was a specially woven ribbon that was like, um, like desert themed. And I was like, I have to get this. It's only 20 bucks and it fits and it's got all this, these crazy notions. So even yeah. if it falls apart, I can rip off all this ribbon and use it again. Okay, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so. I love it. That, that I just, I had a blast shopping. Um, and shout out to the Glam Factory. I befriended their shop girl who um, was very, very body positive, And she kept being like, you can definitely fit into this, just so you know. And it wasn't salesy. It was just like a nice, like, friend kind of vibe. So. Yeah. That's all. I love um, it. Oh, one last, sorry, one last thing. I did not sleep a lot last night, dear listeners. Thank you for being patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, the true crafty find, though, of that day of vintage and antique shopping was something from an antique shop, like one of those shops that has the different stalls that you can rent. Yeah. Um, one of the places had a whole bunch of, like, quilts and handmade dresses, and I was looking through a pile of hankies, and I found the fabric. <laughs> and so the one piece of fabric they had that was two yards that was worth getting um, was this vintage baby's baby fabric from, like, the 50s that was clearly designed, like, for a 1950s boy child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a light blue seersucker fabric, and then it had a print that was um, soldiers, horses, and drums. Cute. And it, it's, it's so cute, and I think I'm going to make, like, a little PJ set with it for me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> for summer. Yes. It's so cute, so... Anyway, that. don't forget that vintage and antique shopping can be really fun to do on vacation because there's just different stuff in different regions. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that a yeah. lot. Well, and it makes sense, especially like Las Vegas being a completely different climate and vibe. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Not, Good not a lot of knitwear at those <laughs> shops, but. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> but lots That's... lots of lots of good summer clothes lots nice well so, yeah. speaking of knitwear, anyway <laughs> speaking of knitwear um you yesterday or the day before yesterday i think it was posted um a picture on your instagram stories that inspired this mm-hmm. next topic um because i got very excited about it <laughs> um so the picture <laughs> was of um, the guys from Beekman 1802 um, wearing Mr. Rogers cardigans that um, someone knit mm-hmm. for them. And I um, I had watched them when they were on The Amazing Race um, a, a while ago. And I was very excited about this cardigan pattern, which, of course, you know, it makes sense that those patterns exist. I mean, probably the original patterns exist. But... Um, So recently the Mr. Rogers um, film came out with Tom Hanks and it was also in November, it was Cardigan Day, which coincides with um, Kindness Day. And so there was a few little things that popped up on my radar um, about Mr. Rogers and specifically things that were knit and crochet related. And so I thought we would probably both have a fun time talking about this. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and have you have you seen the movie? I have not seen the movie yet. I saw the documentary, but okay. I have not seen the movie yet, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited to see it. Ed and I went and saw the movie. Ed's my husband. We went and saw the movie uh, Monday, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was different than what I expected, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. 
I'm. That's all I'll say. Okay. I'm, I'm very. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers about Mr. Rogers. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm. Hey, spoiler alert. He wears a lot of sweaters. <laughs> Well, and this is if um, if people are not familiar with Mr. Rogers, of course it's a he was a, who's who isn't familiar with Mr. Rogers, but I was like I was like if you're not familiar with Mr. Rogers, yeah, um, but you know classic <laughs> classic um, children's television, and I grew up watching it, and um, in fact, you know earlier this year we did our our live show at the Harold Washington Library in Chicago, and when I was a little girl, I got to go see Mr. Rogers live at that library. So, um, Aww. yeah, yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but you want to uh, know what's, you want to know what's cute? Yes. Um, when I was little, Maria from Sesame Street came to my library. Oh, cool. And I got to meet her. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, was my favorite. Sorry. Yes. That's no, no, no. I love parallel. that. I love it. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah. So, uh, not everyone reali- knows this about Mr. Rogers, but, um, Almost all of the sweaters that he wore on the show, his mother knit for him. And mm-hmm. there's just something so beautiful about that anyway. It's um, so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was looking a little bit at um, just different things related to this. And I found um, an article about the woman who knit the sweaters for the film and her dream job. <laughs> well, I mean, Sorry, I just keep yes. shouting what comes into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Right. Okay. So the woman who did this, her name is, um, Yasmin Esmek and she's done some costume mm-hmm. things, um, before, and I'll link to this article, um, in the show notes so that you can hear more about it. But here's the thing. First of all, because of, like, they needed different sweaters for different times. So some of the sweaters she made um, as machine knits because they wanted it to look different from the hand knit ones. Uh, because apparently mm-hmm. that was, you know, that shifted for him over time. Once he maybe couldn't have these sweaters from his mother anymore, that would make sense. Um, she made them, they made them out of cotton yarn because that was going to work best for the film and for being on set. Did they just want... Did they want, like, just the most stitch definition but also breathability or something? Breathability was a big thing. They said that... Okay. And this is what's interesting. It says, we tried acrylic, but they didn't like the touch. And with all the lights, um, Tom Hanks would have sweat too much. So I thought that was... Mm. um, Yeah, that was interesting. It makes sense. Um, Actually... Yeah, exactly. Because if he's also doing the Mr. Rogers thing, which is changing his sweater yeah. while, like, talking to the camera, he can't be, like, sweat-stained out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, but here's, so here's, the, here's the part where this is the dream job, but also less so. She made six sweaters. Two of them were machine-knit, but she made six sweaters in nine weeks. So you would be capable Talk of this. Talk about smoke coming off days. your needles. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, talk and they about were smoke like coming off. Dealing with like sizing things and all this stuff. Um, so yeah. yeah. And they looked like they were like Mr. Rogers sweaters were mostly zipper, which right. is a whole nother thing. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So that's impressive. I mean the technique like having seen them. Having seen the sweaters on the big screen, and I had I was I had heard um, about the like legendary nine week timeline, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so I was looking at them like trying to see if I mean I knew they'd be perfect because this is for a movie and these are sure. professional crafter people, but I was just like, what trying not to get distracted too much from the movie, but looking at the sweaters, being like, where's the flaw, <laughs> or like how many tears are how many actual human tears are in these garments? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can, I mean, really, like, and she also she made them in the summer. She made them one summer, so, like, Ugh. it would have also been very warm to do that. I mean, yeah. yeah. At least we know it's possible if we ever end up on a deadline like that ourselves, right, Molly? There you go. There you go. Which of us would be foolish enough to take a short deadline like that? <laughs> Both hmm. of us. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was all excited about the um, 
the Mr. Rogers uh, sweaters, which there are, I, I'm going to, I have two pattern links so that you can make your own. Lion Brand has one um, that is really cool. Um, they show it in like a, more like a taupe or like a, I don't know, a nice light like a brown. Yeah. And I thought, mm-hmm. um, why don't I have a Mr. Rogers sweater? Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but then my sister wanted to make sure that I knew about um, what happened for um, November 13th, which is World Kindness Day and, and Cardigan Day. And so there was a, a hospital in Pittsburgh. Um, and to celebrate this day, a nurse from the hospital made Mr. Rogers cardigans for all of the babies in the hospital. Oh, so cute. It is so precious. And they appear to also all have matching, like, Mr. Rogers sneaker booties as well. Um, The one article I found definitely says that she knitted them. And you can clearly see that they are crocheted because that. But also it makes (laughs) sense to crochet them because she made a lot of them in a hurry, you know. Or I don't know how long it took her to make them. Yeah. it's so cute. They show these pictures of all of the little cradles of babies dressed as Mr. Rogers, and it's just the best thing. And his wife co- came Aww. to visit them and see them all in their in their gear, and oh, mm-hmm. it's so precious. That's I love it. So cute. I could just look at these babies all day. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' uh, widow was she had a cameo in the movie as well. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that movie made me cry. It was so good. I yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I hadn't thought about that movie in a couple days. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely anticipating that I will be crying because I cried during the documentary and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I also I also found a few things where there's a, a Mr. Rogers statue in Pittsburgh and there's someone that yarn bombed it with a cardigan. Which is mm-hmm. really cool. Um and I've seen that pop up along the way. Um, but I'll link to that so people can see that. And have you seen, I'm sure you've seen, the little um, Amigurumi Mr. Rogers with hand puppets? Is that one um, Crafty is Cool? Is that that user? That user? Um, I feel like it might be. Hang on. It's it's on Ravelry, and let me make sure that I get the right. Yeah. Um, she does maker. her Instagram. If it's the person I'm thinking of, her Instagram is really rad, and she does all these like Amigurumi celebrities, and then like gives them to okay. the celebrity, and they'll take they like take pictures with it. And yes. I'm pretty sure she's the one who's yep. done the Mr. Rogers. It is. Her name is yeah. Allison Hoffman, but um, Crafty is cool is mm-hmm. her her website. So yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness! The t- first of all, the teeny tiny Daniel Tiger <laughs> and um, King Friday puppets are insane. Um, but like, yeah. it's just so sweet. And there's just, you know, there's just something that's so feel good about Mister Rogers. I know. Like, no one could ever say anything bad about Mister Rogers. I know, and he what just a sweet, what a sweet spirit. Yeah. Um, and, and he knew, like, he just genuinely cared and loved, like, the children of the world, wanted good things for them, and there's, and, like, the way that he brought difficult conversations into things and everything, like, yeah, Yeah. I miss him. I just, like, yeah, I just feel like as he was talking about how to have feelings and how to have empathy yeah. To little kids at a time when that was kind of radical. Yeah. Yeah. And um I like like that's really progressive. <laughs> honestly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um he um he saw the importance of those things that mm-hmm. people just didn't or people and people didn't think that 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 was something that was necessary for for kids to be talking about well maybe even adults <laughs> but um yeah it yeah. was just so i love that yeah. um he is um continuing to leave a legacy in in things and yeah. um yeah so it just makes me happy and 
And and speaking of like world building, that's another thing to love about Mister Rogers. Like, he, it's almost like people forget that he like made these puppets and this world with castles and yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's just another layer of things to love about Mister Rogers. Yeah. So anyway, ah, I feel like that's a pretty good sweet place to leave this episode. It is. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> And and now I've <laughs> now I've added more uh, more planned projects because I really want one of those sweaters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, and I bet it takes more than ten days to make one. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the sweater is fairly uh, fairly straight knitting, but you get these great cables along that front zipper, so you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, and also my oh. cat is knocking on the door. She would like to come in and. <laughs> say hello or something but i'm gonna see if i ignore her she'll she'll stop we'll see (laughs) anyway uh we're gonna wrap this up for today but um thank you all so much for listening however before we officially sign off we want to give a very serious uh shout out to some serious friends of the very serious podcast very serious crafts podcast who are supporting i always do that too (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they're supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. So many thanks to Meg and all of our supporters there. We really do appreciate you all. Um, thanks to everyone yeah. for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can now you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Finally, if you are a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us to show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Thanks! We really appreciate it. Yay! Yeah! (laughs) It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood! (laughs) Can that be how this episode ends? Yes, that's perfect. (laughs) Yay! Bye, friends! (laughs) Bye!